Green is brought to you by Galinda Mozo of Remax. Remax above the crowd. Hello and welcome to Being Green. I'm Glynis Crook. Well, I don't know if you've been missing walks on the beach as much as I have during national lockdown, but the absence of people has offered scientists from the University of Cape Town a unique opportunity to learn more about the litter we find along the city's coasts. In collaboration with the City of Cape Town and government's Working for Coast program, they looked at stretches of beach in Milneton and near Musenberg and Sunrise beaches on the False Bay side. It was led by my guest today, Professor Peter Ryan, who's director of UCT's Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology. Professor, so where does the rubbish that we find on our beaches come from, to start off with? You know, there's sort of four major sources, I guess. Um, one is obviously the people who go to the beach and then misbehave and leave their rubbish behind. And that was the, the source that we were able to exclude when the beach is being closed. And then there's an awful lot of rubbish that comes from just local land-based sources. So all of the littering that happens around Cape Town, when it rains like today, that washes down into the storm drains and out into the bay and then gets washed ashore. And then there is some offshore input, some dumped illegally from ships, um, because for the last 30-odd years it's been illegal for ships to dump any persistent waste at sea, but they continue to do so. And then there's also a component of long-distance drift, so rubbish that ends up in the sea somewhere else in the world, but it drifts around long enough to make it all the way to our shores. So with people off the beach, did you find that there was less litter? In short, not really. It's, it's a little bit tricky because the amount washing up varies a lot with conditions, whether the wind is onshore or offshore and whether it's rained recently and so on. But compared to previous data that we had for two of the three beaches where we worked, the amounts were more or less the same and the composition was very similar. So the, the message is that most of the, the litter on our beaches that we see is washing up from local sources and beachgoers do play a role but it's a relatively small role. Exceptional days like New Year's Day when there's you know, huge numbers of people go to the beach and then there's a very obvious local input by beachgoers but generally speaking it seems that most of the litter we find washing up on the beaches comes from land-based litter rather than people going to the beach and littering. So briefly, if I understand it correctly, it's street litter, really. What sort of things did you find, mostly? Numerically, the dominance is, is on-the-go snack food packaging. Chips, cool drinks, um, sweets, that sort of thing make up the vast majority of the litter. Just out of curiosity, what was the most unexpected thing that you found? For me, the most interesting thing was the high proportion of Indonesian long-distance drift, which I wasn't really expecting. We've been doing quite a lot of work using bottles as indicators of litter, and there the signal is very much one of ship-based dumping. And we do see long-distance drift of high-density polyethylene bottles, but not drink bottles. And what we were finding was a lot of drink bottle lids coming from Indonesia, and we haven't really used lids as an indicator before. And so that was really interesting from a, a, a narrow litter perspective. I think one of the other interesting things was just the the age of some of the items. I mean, we had a, a cool drink lid going back to 1993, which was Gosh. pretty surprising. On a, you know, All of our beaches are cleaned fairly regularly. Mm. Um, and some of those old items have obviously been in the system for a long time mm. and yet haven't been picked up. So if we're looking at mostly land-based litter, what does this say about how we dispose of our waste in the city? Yeah, well, <laughs> clearly not very 
not very good things. So uh, within the city of Cape Town, we have one of the better managed municipalities in the country, um, but still there's a, a large number of people don't have regular curbside pickup of refuse. So they, they're got to make a plan with their rubbish, so that's a, an immediate problem. And then there's also just the, the general street litter problem. So in tandem with the beach surveys, we've also been sampling beach roadside litter um, through the lockdown, and not surprisingly, the amount of litter during level five was much less than it was during level four, and now we're in level three, we're almost back to you know, sort of the, the bad old days of everybody just wanders along the street throwing their rubbish in the road. So it's really to do with our personal culture as Cape Townians. We just eat something and chuck the paper on the floor. Yeah, um, yeah, basically. What impact does all of this litter have on the coastal ecosystem? Um, you know, the, the biggest impact really is the aesthetics. Um, you know, you really don't want to go to the beach and see a lot of rubbish lying on the beach. We pride ourselves as a great tourist destination, um, but if we continue to pollute our beaches, that's just not going to persist. So already we spend an awful lot of money that could be spent better on other things, cleaning beaches, and really we should be not having to spend that money. We should be solving the problem closer to where the litter is coming from. So people shouldn't be littering in the first place. We should be providing much better options for solid waste management. In terms of the short-term gains, the best thing the city can do is to put screening mechanisms on the wastewater systems to prevent the amount of rubbish that gets into the bay from reaching the bay in the first place. But longer term, we need to look at much more lasting solutions in terms of the way we package our food and how we incentivize the recycling of that packaging. And hopefully that will happen sometime in the near future. That was Professor Peter Ryan of UCT's Fitzpatrick Institute of African Ornithology. And that's it for this week from me, Glenscrook. Until next time, goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax. Remax, above the crowd. A global challenge to environmentalists is to make all people aware of how their behavior impacts on the Earth's natural resources. How we tread as individuals, corporates and government affects the circle of life. Galinda Moser of Remax Living is committed to the health and well-being of your family. This starts with your home and ends with your planet. That's why Galinda is the proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. For now and future generations, Remax, above the crowd. Mm-hmm.